We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast is presented to you by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Back with the baller again this week. It's $250,000 with a $10 buy-in. And remember to check them out if you're playing some Daily Fantasy NBA, some incredible contests. Always a fair rake. It's only at Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. I am your host, Chris Beermakers Fan Prince, back here once again with my boys, Notorious and Head Chopper, breaking down everything on the main slate here for week 10. We will talk about last week, kind of recap some things uh, before we move on. So, boys, let's dig into week nine. Uh, we saw Black Cat being the highlight last night for the Giants. Uh, uh, interesting development there. Everything went to hell. So, Chop, big win for your Cowboys. How was the week nine for you, buddy? Uh, week nine was okay. It could have been really, really good, but fell on the wrong side of that overtime game in Seattle. So, that, that kind of messed me up. But otherwise, pretty good, man. Pretty good. But, you know, I don't know. I'm just kind of like trying to still get over the baseball season uh, it's just it takes a couple weeks to 
to to shake that off when you lose like that in, in game seven. So uh, I'm still I'm still feeling that one. It's going to take me another couple shows before I'm back to normal. Oh, we'll, we'll get you back to normal. I mean, you can't be feeling as bad as as your buddy Mattress Mac is. Is that his name? And I know you know business wise, very smart move there. Covered his butt and uh, put his name in the news. But but he lose like twelve million dollars on the Astros. That- Let me tell you something. I think it was more like twenty million, but. 20 million to that guy. That's like me and you dropping 50 bucks on a bet. So I don't, I don't, you know, really seriously, that guy's been around forever and he's really super rich. So I'm not really, I definitely don't feel bad for that. Plus he made all that money off of, uh, the furniture store anyway, like it was just a hedge. So he's fine. So, uh, yeah, trust me, I feel worse than he does. That dude looks like he's been selling (laughs) mattresses for about 300 years. How old is that dude? He's got to be in his nineties. He's old man. Like he, he's been around forever. Like I, I, he's been around since I was a kid back in Houston. So He's been around a long time. Yeah, die while I'm money under the proverbial mattress there. So uh, I can't blame him. That's how I'm going to go out. When it's time, I'm going to just bet whatever I got and have some good times with it. Derek, let's bring you in, buddy. How was week nine? Yeah, my week nine uh, can be summed up in two words. Allen Robinson uh, nice. decided to play nice. him <laughs> over some of the good uh, receivers with actual good quarterbacks and know how to throw the ball. So uh, that was rough for me. Uh, but I do want to say thanks to uh, a number of listeners left us a good review over there on iTunes. Uh, Going to get your shirts shipped out here soon. And yeah, uh, your Astros job, you needed to be behind home plate, you know, flashing. Uh, maybe that would have helped them. I should have been back there flashing Strasburg a dick pick, man. He would have maybe thrown his timing off. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's an image uh, nobody thought they'd see here on the pod. So, uh, yeah, enough about the baseball talk, Chop. You'll get over it. We'll, we'll get you. We'll get you up to speed here. But speaking of good users, I got a little surprise for you guys. We asked somebody. We asked anybody, and I didn't think anybody would follow through. But our man, uh, username GophersFan072. I'm gonna give him a shout out here. Use his real name, Eric Lynn. Knocked it out of the park and and tracked all of our betting results. Oh, wow. So I have that for you here, boys. How good or how bad do you, do you think these results are going to be? That's the question. Uh, yo, that's – now, do we trust the guy that did it accurately or is he just making shit up? I did not go through and verify this, so. Well, if the results are good, then we're obviously sharp. And if not, then it was too early in the week to really know the injuries and all that. Boys, this is uh, this is something else. Uh, that's all I'm going to say here. So we're going we're gonna to dig into some of this, but uh, – Here's what I'll say. Uh, we need to start another podcast and put us over on sharp side, baby, because we are crushing oh, wow. the bets here on this podcast. 54% is our lowest uh, pick. That's you, Derek. 54%. Oh, I'm okay. sitting at 56%. The chop man at 65% wow. picks so far this season. Now, Chop doesn't seem to pick as many games as Derek and I. So, lower volume player, but picking the right spots is is part of what you want to do when you're picking games. So, all of us have 54% or higher on these picks. So, when do we get our sharp side pot? Just, Just hand it out winners here. 
Man, sharp side. Wow, those old man unders coming in handy. Old oh, man unders. <laughs> and on the totals, Chop, you are 28 and 15 on the season. So that has been very profitable for you. Uh, Derek, you're plus six units on the spread, plus three on the total. I am plus nine units on the spread, plus three on the totals. <laughs> Chop, you're also plus 12 on the spread. So shout out to that guy That's oh no dude he's already uh he should have some swag on the way some rg premium but uh really appreciate that so uh knocked it out of the park he said he's willing to continue to track it here so have a nice little spreadsheet going on but uh very impressive here with the spreadsheet and gotta say i was surprised uh, by the picks i have to say i expected <laughs> it to be bad but uh, when we're all picking 55 to 65 percent winners that's uh that's something to say. So you need, to, you need to tweet those out. Maybe we can double our listener count from three to six. There we go. Now we're approaching 10, baby. We're going we're gonna to blow up here soon. So let's keep the ball rolling here. So as always, we are going to cover the main slate for you. Uh, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. That's Chopping Big T. That's Roto-Grinders. We'll have you covered on all that. We're going to cover uh, the big news and the big games here on the main slate. So let's jump in, boys. First game we got, Detroit. At Chicago, Chicago, small three-point favorites at home, 42-and-a-half here. Detroit, please, did you guys see the end of that game? And how the hell do you run a play to tie the game and you have Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, uh, all of your weapons basically on the sidelines, and it's what you get. You end up losing. So they lose to Oakland. Uh, Chicago lost at Philadelphia, the entire division lost. So nobody gained any ground, nobody lost any ground. NFC North here, chop, low total. Where do we find some value in this game? I don't know if there is a lot of value in this game. Everybody's pretty much priced up on their performance where they should be. You're going to get a little bit of a discount on Detroit, I think, because of the matchup. But it's – I mean, I don't want to attack the Bears at home. So, I don't think there is much value here. Oh, man. It'd be hard for me to pull the trigger on Detroit guys and then – on the flip side, Chicago's just being anchored down by a bad quarterback right now. He really has he's really he's really regressed back whew, since since we saw him early in his career. I thought he might have a little bit of upside early on his career and he's pretty bad now. So the Detroit defense is playing poorly though. So maybe you go back to Allen Robinson, maybe people will be off of him. Clearly the guy they want to get going here is David Montgomery. They just I guess they gave up on Trubisky and they know that it's up to Montgomery to uh if this team's going to do anything, he's going to have to carry them. So that's the guy I'm looking at is Montgomery. They're giving him uh, the lion's share of everything now. And uh, uh, speaking of lions, the lions are just bad on defense. So I think David Montgomery's the guy I'm going to here. And yeah, I can't I can't mess with too much of the passing game there with Trubisky. He's just terrible, man. Yeah, absolutely. He's been horrible. So at Allen Robinson, Derek. I don't want to bring up. Uh... Yeah, I, I was there with you. I mean, it doesn't get any better than, than playing Philadelphia. I mean. I did a show with DB on the weekend, and this guy was talking up Trubisky to Taylor Gabriel. That that was his big uh, big league winner in week nine. So <laughs> hopefully uh, we can do better here in week ten. But uh, who do we go with? Is it simply Montgomery? And then do we do we trust this Detroit passing game, Derek? They've been uh, very viable. They're putting up numbers. But uh, Chicago's still pretty good defense here, low total. Uh, what are you seeing on the Detroit side? Yeah, really tough spot for Detroit on the road, uh, potentially in the cold in Chicago. I know uh, Stafford's been really good since Carrion went down with his injury, but 
hard to trust him here. Uh, it does look like Ty Johnson's kind of taken over as the main guy there. I uh, did play 62% of the snaps against Oakland, but I don't think uh, we need to go that cheap because there are some value running backs that we'll get to here in a minute. And then don't really want to play any of these uh, wide receivers against uh, the Bears secondary. So maybe look at Hawkinson if he's able to suit up. I know he's questionable right now. Bears have struggled a little bit against tight ends. And for the Bears, I agree with Chop. Uh, this is David Montgomery. He's played on 73% of the snaps each of the last two weeks, 43 touches during that stretch. We saw Josh Jacobs run all over the Lions last week. They're uh, dead last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. So, yeah, I like uh, Montgomery quite a bit. I think the Bears' defense is in play just because Stafford is going to be airing it out quite a bit. And when you're looking for a defense, you want favored at home and against a team that's going to pass a lot. So I like that correlation play. Uh, might go back to Robinson just because you know, I played him so much last week that it would uh, kill me if he uh, went off this week. But don't really trust anybody that Trubisky's throwing the ball to. All right, we got minus three for the Bears, forty-two and a half. So, Derek, what do you got here? Can we keep the Can we keep the roll going? I mean, I know Trubisky's been bad, but uh, I have a hard time not going with the Bears in this one. Shot, what do you got here? Yeah, I got to take the low hanging fruit here and take Chicago. I'm going to go under here. Uh, I think uh, Detroit's offense kind of grinds to a haul here. Chicago hasn't shown the ability to put up a ton of points. So uh, NFC North, this is a classic old man under. Uh, give me the under 42 and a half. All right, next game for us, uh, Baltimore. Uh, off that statement win against New England, guys. They just look great. Lamar Jackson uh, entered into the MVP conversation, I think, with good reason. Uh, they get a trip to Cincinnati here. And their new quarterback, Baltimore, almost a double-digit favorite here, 45-and-a-half on that total, Derek. So is it simply plugging Lamar Jackson again here against Cincinnati, or are you liking any other pieces there for the Ravens? Yeah, it's hard not to just plug him in at this point. Uh, last time he faced Cincinnati, 34 fantasy points, and he only scored one touchdown. I think he had like 150 rushing yards. He's on pace to break the all-time rushing record for a quarterback. His price isn't uh, all that expensive, and he's going to be heavily involved regardless of how this game plays out. If they you know, somehow fall behind, which won't happen, then you know he's going to be airing it out. And if they're playing from ahead, then he's still going to be involved in the running game. So love Lamar Jackson. Don't think you need to pair him up with Marquise Brown or Mark Andrews. Uh, it's worth noting, Andrews only played 34% of the snaps against the Patriots. Maybe it was a game plan thing where they wanted, you know, their blocking tight ends in there. But certainly concerning, at least, because uh, the last time we saw him, you know, he had all those drops against Seattle. So hard to trust him right now. Uh, Brown's always fine in tournaments. Don't really want to play Ingram or Edwards. You know, Ingram's kind of playing 50-50 snaps with Edwards right now, and he's priced up across the industry. So for me, it's Lamar on that side. And then for Cincinnati, don't trust the running game. Mixon's basically in a 50-50 split with Bernard. And uh, I'll wait to hear Chop's scouting report on uh, Mr. Finley. All right, Chop, what do we got? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, Baltimore clearly is the uh, is, is a, t a team you want a lot of exposure to. I mean, Cincinnati last we saw him was trying to tank things away. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson looks like the best quarterback this week on paper. Wouldn't be surprised if Mark Ingram gets another one of those – two or three touchdown vulture games and, uh, you know, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, all of them in play. So Baltimore is a good side. Cincinnati is going to be interesting. Like Derek said, can't trust the running backs only because of the time split. So I don't know if I want to mess around with that. Uh, last time these two teams played was just recently. And I, I think a lot of us went to Tyler Boyd thinking he was going to have a good matchup in the slot and ended up the exact opposite. They shadowed him with their best 
cover man. And so that didn't work out. So if they do that again, can it got to avoid Tyler Boyd? So that's just a really tough, just a really tough spot here for Cincinnati. Ryan Finley was pretty good in college. He was a pocket passer. He was all right. At this point, I just – I got to imagine anybody's – it's hard to find a quarterback who's not an upgrade from Andy Dalton. So, if you're, if you're banking on that, I guess it would be an upgrade. So, uh, but I just don't know, man. It just screams – this just screams of play Baltimore defense instead of play Cincinnati players. So, I think I'm all on, on the Baltimore side and not very much on Cincinnati. So no Finley at forty eight hundred. I mean, it's cheap, but is he cheap enough? I mean, it's that's I don't. I have a hard time pulling the trigger here. I mean, you can make the the garbage argument. You know, they're down big. He's going to be throwing a lot, and uh, Boyd is down to forty seven hundred. Uh, we'll see if AJ Green comes back. I don't, I don't know why they would bring him back, but uh, that could be another mix here. But so I'm guessing no interest in, in Finley here, Chuck. I mean, the one thing that he does have going for him that I do like for Cincinnati is that they've had this some time off at least to get him in there and 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 get a good game plan formulated for him. I always like those teams with a little bit extra time off like that. So and then Baltimore is coming off of this massive win, probably their early season Super Bowl to win a game against New England. So you got those things working. I mean I wish they were a little bit better, but and I would love to take the underdog in this game. Thanks, man, that's that's tough, but uh, maybe maybe you can Convince me for it. Maybe he's a 5% guy on, on GPP teams, 5% of him. All right. If you don't want Finley, do you want Cincinnati in the points? Man, this is this is one's, this one's pulling me back and forth. Whew. I mean, I guess I'll take a home underdog this big of a favorite against a team that is definitely going to be in some sort of letdown mode. They're still good, but some sort of letdown mode. So I'll, I'll take the underdog here at home. I am taking Cincy in the points as well, and same reasons that you nailed. They're, they're, that was an emotional win. That was their biggest game of the season. And, you know, now you go, what's the motivation going into Cincinnati? Sure, it's a rival. Uh, they're looking past this game, I would assume. So they'll win. I could just see a backdoor cover happening here uh, in Cincinnati being pesky enough. Even though it doesn't seem like they want to win any games, uh, I think they can hang around uh, and cover this at the end of the game. So Cincy plus the nine and a half for me. Derek, what do you got? Yeah, we're going to lose all of our followers this week when the Ravens come out and beat them by 50. But uh, <laughs> I'll go with Cincy, too. I mean, coming off of the bye, so they've had two weeks to prepare for this. The Ravens coming off of the short week. So, yeah, give me Cincy as well. All right, let's move on to the, the strangest spread of the week and maybe of the season here. We have Buffalo 6-2 and two, going to Cleveland, who's been maybe the most disappointing team in the league, Cleveland. Minus two and a half at home as favorites. Total sitting at 40 and a half. So this is one of those scenarios, Chop. It feels like everyone and their mom is going to bet on Buffalo. That's what we're seeing in the markets. Some of the spreads have gone to three for Cleveland already. So your classic reverse line movement. I'm thinking about a home equity line of credit here and putting it all on Cleveland. What do you think? <laughs> well, or, or better, my boy Chop, who just won a million – could could put some bets down for us here, Derek. What do you think? Oh, I've got no I've got no problem floating you guys a little bit extra <laughs> a little bit extra cash. It won't even cost you that much interest, man. But perfect. Like if I'm looking at this from the DFS perspective, uh Buffalo, yeah, I mean Josh Allen's got the upside always, so Josh Allen's on the radar. John Brown always has a chance to have a big play, so he's on that radar. 
Uh, I'm not going to chase the Cole Beasley touchdowns, so I'm not going that route. And uh, the big one here for Buffalo is Devin Singletary kind of starting to impose his will a little bit on this offense and take Frank Gore's carries. Now, every time I I look up and I think Singletary's about to snatch everything away from Gore, I look up and Gore's in the game, so it kind of sucks like that, but – I think Singletary, they're slowly working him into being the bell cow here. So I've got those three guys on my radar for Buffalo. For Cleveland, yes, it could be a Mayfield game. Yes, he could target Odell a lot, and they could get off, and Jarvis is in the mix. But this is a, this just screams of Nick Chubb week to me. Total letdown against Denver. I fell for that one. That really hurt me on some teams. But this is – I mean – this is a uh, semi-funnel defense here from Buffalo. Nick Chubb is that good. He's at home. I got it. I, Nick Chubb is one of my top running back players me, on the board. Let me throw a ranch in here, Chuck. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. And the ranch's name is Kareem Hunt. It's back this week. Oh, no. No, he's no, only, no. He's only 3K <laughs> on DraftKings. No, y'all not getting, you're, not, you're not getting me into that trap. There's Come no on. way. Come <laughs> on. I mean, I've seen Nick Chubb since he was at Georgia, man. This kid is good. I just – I Kareem Hunt, there's just no way he comes in and takes – listen, I don't it, – it can't get any worse for Nick Chubb than what I saw last week with Dontrell Hilliard on the field during key snaps, have no idea why. So I, I would only think Kareem Hunt just bumps Hilliard completely out of the rotation, and we get the same thing for Nick Chubb as we did last week as far as snaps. And so I'm, I'm fine with Nick Chubb. I won't, be, I won't be chasing Kareem Hunt, but, yeah, there's no way, man. Kareem Hunt doesn't hold a candle to Nick Chubb as far as talent. But the snaps were down, correct, Eric? Uh, do you have those numbers? Uh, let me pull them up. They were definitely down because uh, I also had Chubb and was sweating him pretty hard as Hilliard was just getting all the all the. He was getting snaps. Hilliard was getting key snaps there, man. <laughs> that's, I, that's, so, yeah, that's a concern. I'm with you. I mean, if I have not been worried about Kareem Hunt, I was big on Nick Chubb coming into the season. Uh, I've stayed that way, but after what I saw last week, and he still got 20 carries. You know, he still got five targets, so the workload was there, but. They're, yeah, so, they're, they're saying they're going to play Kareem Hunt here. I'm, I'm believing them. So that's a situation I'm going to dig into further. But what do you got there? Yeah, each of the last two weeks, Chubb, 63 and 60% of the snaps. Hilliard, 38 and 40. Uh, plus, you're going to add, you know, Hunt in there. So, I mean, look, they should run with Chubb. That's what we all know they should do. But Kitchen's just – I don't think he knows what he's doing right now. Um, it's just tough to trust him. I mean, if, if ownership's going to be low, I think you'd take a shot on Chubb. Oh, yeah. Like Chubb mentioned, um, a run funnel defense against the Bills. They're sixth in DVOA against the pass, 28th DVOA against the run. They need to win. Playing at home, they're favorites. We've got the reverse lineman like you talked about here. So, uh, there's a lot to like for Chubb. Um, I just don't know if I can trust Kitchens. You know, and that's the worry. You know, is, he, is he coaching for his job? And maybe he's thinking – this isn't working, giving Nick Chubb 20 carries a game. Uh, let me play with my shiny new toy here, Kareem Hunt. So I, I don't disagree with you, Chop. I, I just have some worries about it. Um, so we'll, we'll see. If the ownership's low, like I said, Derek, uh, that's where I'll go. I mean, Odell's got another tough matchup here uh, with Tredavious White. Uh, you could also play the, the squeaky wheel narrative. He's not happy. I was open on that play against Chris Harris, and Mayfield didn't throw him the ball. So uh, a lot of moving parts here with Cleveland. Uh, DFS-wise, uh, Chubb is intriguing. Hunt at 3K is intriguing. Let's look at that line. Cleveland minus 2.5. Again, minus 3 in some spots. 40.5. I'm locking in Cleveland here uh, as the pick of the week. Uh, everybody is betting on Buffalo. Uh, 89% of the bets are on Buffalo. 
The line's going the other way. Uh, this is a team that, yes, the record is good. Who have they really beaten, though? I think Cleveland here. I'll take Cleveland minus the two and a half. Chop, what do you got? It's a pretty easy one for me. I like Cleveland. Derek? Yeah, like Cleveland, I think their defense, uh, one of the better plays of the week for DFS, too. They're cheap. Uh, we know Josh Allen makes a lot of mistakes, uh, takes a lot of sacks. So, uh, yeah, I like the Browns as well. Three for three on Cleveland. Next game we have two teams coming off a bye here, and one of the higher totals we have on the main slate at 51. We have Atlanta going to New Orleans here. New Orleans, 13-point favorites here, Derek. So, Clearly a good spot. Clearly a game that we want to target. Everyone's going to be targeting. But any concern this game gets out of hand, we have to look at that angle. Or uh, is it just stack this thing up every which way and uh, hope Atlanta keeps it, keeps it close? Yeah, I think you just stack it up. I mean, you don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, just hopes for a blowout. And then, uh, you know, this ends up being a shootout. So I do think you got to get exposure to both sides. It sounds like Matt Ryan should be a full go after the bye week. Um, so uh, he's in a pretty good spot. They're going to be trailing. He's going to be airing it out. I uh, love the spot for Julio Jones. I know he's going to draw Lattimore. But in his last four matchups against Lattimore, 5 for 96, 11 for 147, 7 for 149, and 5 for 98. So a uh, pretty good track record against Lattimore. Should see a bunch of targets in this one. Um, Hooper is fine, but it feels a little bit overpriced. And then Devontae Freeman, he should be interesting if he does Smith out. He kind of gets, you know, 75% of the work when Smith is not in the lineup. He's a pretty good pass catching back as well. Uh, so a lot to like on Atlanta side. And then with the Saints, it's just uh, the same three guys as always. You know, we got Breeze at home, Falcons 31st in DVOA against the pass. You have Kamara, sounds like he'll be back. Uh, Latavius might have earned more snaps moving forward just because he played so well. Uh, so I'll probably take a wait-and-see approach with those two. But uh, Michael Thomas, hard not to like him here. You can pair him up with Julio on the other side and just hope that, you know, both the wide receiver ones in this uh, game go off. We know the Falcons secondary, one of the worst in the NFL, 27th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers this season. All right, Chop, potential shootout here. Does Atlanta keep this game close? I think I think they can. I think they can coming off of a bye week like that. So, yeah, I mean, I like all the guys. Derek mentioned them. I like them all. There's no, I'm not shying away from anybody in this game. I especially like Kamara with the extra rest he's gotten. And uh, so I'm not even going to waste y'all's time. This is a good game. I think it does shoot out. I will say this. This is where I want to use my allotted time to tell you about the most donkiest move anybody's ever made in season long was with the number two pick drafting Camaro over Christian McCaffrey, which I did in my one season long that I do with my friends. So there's a lot of bragging rights there, and I screwed that. Man, I would – I'm five and four with Camaro. I, probably, I would probably be like a one-loss team with, with McCaffrey. It's unbelievable how good that kid is. He's been so much better than Kamara. That was just the donkiest move of all. But when everybody was telling me, take McCaffrey, too. Like Evan Silva was telling me, take McCaffrey, dumbass. You know, and no, I didn't listen, man. I tried to outsmart myself, and it backfired on me. Well, I would pin that team at three and six. So five and four uh, with Kamara is not bad. So – He's an interesting play this week. Uh, I agree with what you said, Derek. Uh, Latavius has earned some more work, uh, and if they get out to a lead, maybe they take it easy on Kamara. No reason to, to give him a big workload, but uh, always a huge upside. So uh, let's look at the spread here again, minus 13, 51 on that total here. I don't know that Atlanta you know, has the, the spirit in them to keep this close. So it, it, normally I don't like these big spreads, but uh, something tells me New Orleans just rolls here. So I'll take the Saints. Uh, Chop, what do you got? 
I'm going with the over in this game. I think coming off a of bye week, Atlanta has just enough offense to push. And we know New Orleans is going to score whatever they want. So I think Atlanta has just enough offense to push this thing over. Derek? I'm just going to tell Chop uh, to boost my stats a little bit. Um, yeah, I'll take the over. <laughs> trying, trying to tag along there with Chop. Keep that percentage If up we there, all just so. take different things from here on out, then that means that one or two of us will finish with a great record and will look great on paper. That's it. That's all we're going for here. So let's keep the ball rolling. So next game, uh, not as exciting here. We have the basically the toilet bowl here. The Giants and the Jets there in New York. Uh, Giants uh, that lost last night against Dallas uh, played well in the first half, and then the Black Cat happened. Uh, Daniel Jones happened. Uh, just ugly there for the Giants. The Jets, how in the hell do you go to Miami and lose uh, is my question. So Adam Gase in the hot seat. The Giants not looking good. Uh, Giants somehow favored here, minus two and a half. Chop, good luck with this one. Yeah, this is not a this is not a very good real life game, but uh, this is a pretty pretty good game for fantasy purposes. I actually like it quite a bit. The Giants are getting back to being fully healthy, and I think we can play any of these guys: Jones, Tate, Evan Ingram. Especially Saquon looked really good at times last night. I guess it's a tough Dallas defense. They got a lot of athletes over there, so. I like Saquon and the rest of the Giants' offense. The Jets are obviously really bad on defense. But the Giants are not good on defense either, so we go over here. And I got to think there's some kind of a a pride factor that kicks in for Darnold and Robbie Anderson and these guys. And I think they score some points this week at home. Now, I draw the line at the running backs because I don't know what's going on there. Uh, it, it feels like Le'Veon Bell might be a little bit beat up. We know Ty Montgomery's a little bit beat up, so – who knows how that's going to play out. But as long as Le'Veon Bell isn't fully healthy, I probably can't touch that. I mean, he had the world in front of him last week against Miami. That was the week he was supposed to break out. So I wouldn't doubt if it happens a week late because that's the way fantasy sports is. But I can't trust him. So I don't think he's fully healthy. So I got to avoid the running back situation. But I love the passing game here for the Jets. All right, Derek, toilet bowl of New York. Who's standing out to you here uh, in DFS? <laughs> yeah, like Top said, I think this is a pretty good game for DFS. Uh, you know, it's ugly in real life. But, um, yeah, Le'Veon got an MRI on his knee on Monday, so definitely want to keep uh, an eye on that. If he's out, uh, Bilal Powell at 3K on DraftKings could definitely be interesting. You know, Ty Montgomery would see a boost in snaps as well. So definitely keep, a, um, you know, an eye on that throughout the week. And then – Love the spot for Robbie Anderson. Um, the Giants are dead last in schedule adjusted fantasy points to wide receivers. I got an air yard stat for you. Robbie Anderson, 663 on the season compared to only 342 receiving yards. So uh, definitely going to be popping in that uh, air, air yards by low model. Uh, I think it's a spot where he finally gets going a little bit. Then for the Giants, yeah, I like Saquon. Um, he's $1,500 or $1,700 cheaper than Christian McCaffrey this week. And it does look like some value could be opening up. So maybe this is a spot to uh, play both of them. Uh, it's a good matchup. Certainly no issue with them. Um, don't have a ton of interest in the passing game just because I don't trust Daniel Jones. Uh, he's already lost more fumbles than any other player in the NFL this season. And I think he sat like the first three games too. So uh, definitely not looking good for him, but he does have a lot of weapons at least. Evan Ingram, uh, questionable. So keep an eye on that, uh, dealing with a foot injury. So we'll see what happens there. A guy that hasn't exactly been the picture of health. Uh, I, I do like the Robbie Anderson call. I was high on him last week. Uh, did not work out. So anybody that was on him is going to tend to just go to Jamison Crowder 
Uh, I like going back to Robbie Anderson there. And uh, good points on Barkley by both of you. I think 8,800, probably one of the best running back plays on the slate. So Giants minus two and a half. This thing opened up Jets minus one and a half. Uh, it's gone all the way over to the Giants side at minus two and a half, 43 and a half on the total. I am going to go with the Giants here. A lot of line movement, uh, probably to do with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but I think the Giants are the better team here, which is sad to say. Both these teams are, are terrible. But I think the Giants, I'll, I'll take that minus two and a half. Chop, what do you got? Whew. Yeah, my initial lean was the Giants. But for the sake of the show, I'm going to say I think there's more offensive fireworks than, you know, if I, if I like these guys in DFS, I've always said, then there's no reason why I can't like that over. So I like, I'm like i going to take the over the total and think that the offenses can get it going here. And the defenses are that bad where, where the over is probably the play here. So I like that. Uh, Derek, what do you got? Yeah, I was going to say the over as well. Uh, opened at 41 all, all the way up to 43 and a half in some spots. So, yeah, I like the over too. All right, next game, we have the highest total on the main slate. We have Arizona traveling to Tampa to take on the Bucks. Uh, Bucks sitting at minus four and a half, 51 and a half on the total here. And guys, what the hell do I do with OJ Howard here? Uh, please talk me off the ledge because it doesn't get any better matchup wise than a tight end against Arizona. It doesn't get any worse than what the hell OJ Howard has delivered for us. So. What wins out here? O.J. Howard's suckiness or Arizona's suckiness against tight ends? Derek. Well, um, I was kind of hoping he would be out, but it does sound like he's going to play. Yeah, <laughs> that would be too easy. He's definitely playing. Because Braid's banged up too. I was hoping we'd get some Tanner Hudson time. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if Howard plays, I mean, he's 3,300 against a team that's worse than the NFL at defending tight ends. I would just go ahead and uh, take some shots with Howard. We know the upside's there. I know it hasn't shown in Arian's offense, but it's hard not to like him in this matchup. Uh, probably going to be popular, so, you know, maybe he's a tournament fade. I don't know. It's, it's early in the week, so I don't really know what I want to do with OJ Howard. But uh, it's a good spot for Jameis Winston. Uh, once again, you know, the Cardinals, 27th DVOA against the pass. So you compare him up with Evans. You compare him up with uh, Chris Godwin. In terms of, uh, you know, target share over the last four weeks, Evans is 32% and 44% of the air yards. So he's definitely getting more work than Godwin at the moment. Doesn't mean that's going to continue, but certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, you can stack him with one or two guys, maybe, you know, pick a receiver and OJ Howard and then, Look to bring it back with somebody from the Cardinals. Good spot for Kyler Murray. Uh, we know the Buccaneers, they are a pass funnel defense. Number one in DVOA against the run, number 26 against the pass. So got to like the spot for Kyler. Um, they've been decent against, you know, dual threat quarterbacks, but they have allowed two rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this season. I like pairing them up with Christian Kirk. Uh, they have struggled against wide receivers. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what I'll do in this game. I like both passing attacks. Don't really want to mess with the running back, especially since it sounds like David Johnson's going to be back. Yeah, I love Christian Kirk, uh, one of my favorite uh, mid-range receiver plays on the week. So glad you brought him up. Uh, Chop, the question here, I mean, Tampa, we know, besides O.J. Howard, uh, talk about that. But any worry about Patrick Peterson? Uh, I got to imagine he would spend more of his time uh, with Mike Evans here. To, does that factor in a decision at all uh, between Evans and Godwin, which has been a tough decision uh, each and every week? Yeah, it matters a ton. And, it's, and I don't even know – these guys just alternate a lot anyway, and Mike Evans has had the better run lately, so it's it's about time they go back to Godwin. I don't – yeah, that might not be like a a, a real st st 
statistical thing right there, you know, like uh, the analytics guys might not like it, the alternating week theory or whatever that is, but I'm going Godwin here, man. It's about time he gets back into the mix and, and Jameis shows him some love. So not to mention there was times in that last game against Seattle, Evans was a little bit banged up. So any little injury, we, they may not even be on the injury report, but the little nicks and bruises throughout the course of the NFL season was keep is what keeps guys from performing at their optimal level. So he left that game for a little bit last week, got back in, and really got shut down the second half. So, you know, maybe he's a little bit banged up. I'm going with Chris Godwin here for sure. O.J. Howard, ooh, buddy, I don't know. That's, <laughs> I mean, seriously, you love to play Titans against Arizona, but it doesn't always work out. I mean, the, the Evan Ingram – didn't do anything against them, oh, you know. Red Ellison. Oh yeah, Red Ellison. <laughs> eh, two two catches though. You give him the, you know, if if you tell me that OJ o. Howard's going to get a, a two catches and one of them's going to be a just a five yard touchdown, I'm I'm probably not stoked about that anyway. I I mean I get it. And George Kittle was okay. He wasn't like world beater, but I don't know. I don't know, man. They just don't show any desire to get the ball to want to get the ball to Howard. So I think that's the bigger factor. No matter how bad a team is against a position, if that coach doesn't want to get him the ball, then there's nothing nothing he can really do. So I think it's more Godwin here. And uh, it, if you tell me – I'll look at the RG pro- ownership projections here on Sunday. If it's north of 20%, that's a pretty easy fade for me. If it's if it's lower and everybody's, like, not going on O.J. Howard, then, then it's somebody I'll bump up in my rankings. But uh, I'll have to play that one by ear. Ronald Jones is actually yes. getting – the bulk of the carries for Tampa now. They've given him the start, and he's clearly the guy they want to go, so you can go that route. And on the flip side, Arizona, I, I like I like what uh, Derek said. Kyler Murray's a running quarterback. He's always in play for me. Christian Kirk, man, I like him a lot this week. He's getting healthier, and he's clearly the most explosive wide receiver in this passing game and they do want to pass the ball a lot and they will be passing it a lot so that's the guy then we'll wait we'll wait on the david johnson news and see what happens from there but this is this is another shootout waiting to happen right here yeah for sure so let's take a look 51 and a half uh do you think they go over that chop and four and a half uh with tampa if you want to go that route yeah, I'm, just, I'm sticking to my guns here on this over. I, I just think it's a shootout. I don't want to try to predict whether Jameis is going to have a clean game or whether he's going to throw for three picks. You never know how that guy is going to play it. So I can't mess with the spread. I think the over is the, the clear-cut path to victory I'm here. flipping the script here. Going away from what's worked, the old man unders. Uh, he's going with the millennial overs here. So uh, I am with you, though. I, I could see a lot of points in this game. Uh, 51 and a half feels a little bit low, to be honest, uh, with these two teams uh, and these two defenses. So if Kyler can do his part, I got to see Tampa Bay scoring in the 30s here. I'll go the over as well. Derek, what do you think? Yeah, make it three for three. I like to take the over in uh, pass-happy game scripts, both these teams in the top 11 in pass play percentage this season. Uh, so I think both quarterbacks going to air it out and uh, bodes well for the over. All right, last early game here on the slate. We have Kansas City going to Tennessee. Kansas City minus three and a half. Uh, pretty big total here at 48 and a half. Obviously, the, the big thing here, Chop, is Patrick Mahomes expected to be back here. So we'll see what happens there. But sounds like uh, he's going to be back in the lineup. Obviously, good news for Tyreek Hill, for Kelsey, the rest of that offense. I guess Kelsey is, is the biggest question here. Hasn't had that massive game is it this week? Are we paying that price? Or are we going cheaper at tight end with a guy like O.J. Howard? Uh, on the other side of things, is this the Derrick Henry game? Uh, we always bring him up. 
a home game. I know they're not favorites, but you can beat Kansas City on the ground. Do we dare trust uh, Derrick Henry here against Chiefs? Uh, that's a good one. Mahomes being back, I guess. Yeah, that that definitely sways me in the favor of uh of Tyreek Hill and and these guys. So, yeah, that's the path to victory right there in this game. Uh, looking at Tennessee, I mean, the first what was it six or seven weeks they were really good against the wide receivers. They, I don't even think they gave up a hundred yard game, and you know. People were struggling against them these last couple of weeks. They've kind of been exposed a little bit. Evans lit them up a couple of weeks ago for like 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns. DJ Moore, you know, got them for over 100 last week. So, and Curtis and Curtis Samuel scored a touchdown on the other side of him. So, Tyree Kill maybe could get downfield on these guys. Uh, so, I'm not letting the the early season numbers sway me off of the passing game here. The running game. I'm off limits. I know Damian had the good game last week, but I don't I don't really know if I trust it anyway. And on the other side there, no, I don't think it's a Derrick Henry game. I was uh I was rather impressed with what uh Kansas City did, you know, against uh Dalvin Cook. I thought Dalvin Cook would run all over him, you know. I thought it was a that was gonna be at a foregone conclusion, but they held him in check quite a bit and just looking over some of their other numbers, they've held some other good running backs in check too. Now they've let some guys get loose, but the numbers are pretty decent. So I don't think it's a Derrick Henry game for me, and mainly because I don't think it's a. I don't think Tennessee's ever going to be playing with some kind of a big lead here. Right. Uh, so I don't. That's just marks it off for Derrick Henry. But then at the same time, you look at Tennessee and what do I do, man, with Tannehill and Davis and Brown? Those guys. It's just not a quality quarterback getting these guys the ball, and it's just not a system that wants to throw the ball anyway. So I don't even know if I could play those guys even in this pretty decent matchup. So I don't know, man. Tennessee just doesn't just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. The worry with Henry, uh, I mean, you, you nailed it. The Chiefs have given up a lot of, of fantasy points, uh, fourth most fantasy points. But do we see them playing with a lead here, especially with Mahomes in the game? It, it feels like Kansas City leading the game. Tennessee trying to come back, and Henry basically is zero in the passing game. So if you believe Tennessee can win this game or or at least play with the lead or stay competitive, I think Henry on FanDuel makes sense, but uh, not a guy I'm going nuts about here. Uh, Damian Williams, one big run. Derek, do, do we believe in what happened there? We, I mean, you can't take the run away in a 91-yard touchdown <laughs> run, but outside of that, he didn't do anything. So uh, what are you doing there, and then what do you got for the rest of this game? All right, so for Damian Williams, you know, the one big run, we shouldn't overreact to that. But he did play on 72% of the snaps, and uh, when McCoy fumbled against the Packers the week before, didn't see another snap, Williams took over, played every snap in the fourth quarter. So it kind of looks like he's separating himself in this backfield. $4,900 for a starting running back with a Mahomes-led offense. I'll at least take some chances in tournaments. Um, I'm a little bit higher on him than you guys. As for the passing game, it's hard not to like uh, anyone here. Uh, as long as Mahomes is uh, active, you can play Mahomes at 7K. You can play Hill. You can play Kelsey. I won't talk you out of any of them. And then for the Titans, yeah, they're going to want this to be a Derrick Henry game because if it is, and that means they're going to be playing from ahead. But like you guys said, I just don't know if they're going to be able to build a lead in this one. You can maybe play, you know, Henry in tournaments with the thought that the game sort of goes his way. Uh, it's NFL. It's only a four-point spread. So anything can happen. Um, it does set up well for him. But um, 
yeah, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to play him with all the good running back uh, options this week. And uh, Chiefs are tough on quarterbacks. They're tough on wide receivers. So it's hard to trust Tannehill. And it doesn't help that you know no not any of his wideouts have a target share over twenty percent with him under center this season. So he's spreading it around, uh, and it's just not a lot to like with Davis, Brown, Walker, Johnny, whoever it is back there. All right, we got Chiefs minus three and a half, 48 and a half on the total. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. It, it seems like if Mahomes, if we knew he was playing, this is six, I would say, five and a half, six. So maybe I'm wrong there, but I'm going to lock in the Chiefs here uh, under that number of four. So, uh, Derek, what do you think here? Three and a half, 48 and a half. Yeah, I like the Chiefs as well. I mean, even if Moore's playing, I, I still think I like their chances in this game. So I'll take the Chiefs, and then uh, if Mahomes ends up being active, the spread's definitely going to go up. All right, Chop, what do you think here? Yeah, I'd be locking in the under on this game uh, ASAP because everybody thinks Mahomes is going to play, and and that's why the number is all the way up to 48.5. If somehow Matt Moore plays, I think that number would drop significantly. So, I mean, I like the under regardless of who's a quarterback for the Chiefs. Tennessee – they're like they're they're high scoring games this year, not just them, but between both teams when they play like those games barely, you know, when it's high scoring for them, it barely creeps in, into the 50 point range. Right. Like I think only two games all year long have gone over 50 points combined in a Tennessee game. Like we're getting a total here up at 48 and a half. I just it just feels like a, an under game right here. I just a lot of running the ball here for Tennessee and trying to keep Mahomes off the field. And I just feels like an under. All right, old man under, lock it in. All right, let's move on to the afternoon. we got a three-game slate here. We'll start it out. Miami and Indy. Uh, Indy, big home favorites here, minus 10 and a half, 44 uh, on the total. And uh, Indy's interesting here, Derek. I mean, it, it's which direction do you go here? You know, Brissett, we'll see if he plays or not. We know that Hilton is out. Uh, just found out Paris Campbell also going to be out uh, after breaking his hand. So uh, Zach Paschal we saw have a big game. The tight ends are in play. Is this a Marlon Mack game, finally, at 7K, though, on DraftKings? So break down this Indy side of things. And in Miami, a mess over there. They lose Preston Williams. I like Devontae Parker, who's been very productive. I think he only gets more work. But a lot to parse through here, especially on the Indy side of things. Yeah, I mean, this has to be the Marlon Mack game. Ten-point favorites at home behind that big offensive line against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. I know he's priced up, but – uh, I'll take my chances. I mean, we talked about Le'Veon Bell kind of disappointing last week against the Dolphins, but he still had like 22 fantasy points, something crazy like that, and he didn't even find the end zone. So I think this could be a 25-touch game for Mac, especially if Brissett ends up being out. Don't want to pay a premium for Hoyer. I mean, he's 5900 on DraftKings this week, so they definitely priced him up for the matchup. You can go to Pascal. You can go to Rodgers, Doyle. That's fine. But I think it's Mac for me. Uh, you can bring it back with the Colts defense for that correlation play. Then for the Dolphins, yeah, with Preston Williams out, I do think you can look at Parker, but we know he likes to, you know, go downfield, and the Colts like to keep everything in front of him. So maybe this is the game Albert Wilson gets going. He's kind of the slot guy there, uh, 3,300 on DraftKings. And with Mark Walton out, could be a workhorse-type role for Kalen Balazs. Um, 3,800 on DraftKings, don't really know how talented he is, but all we really care about is volume. And uh, with Walton out, I think he's interesting for sure. All right, Chop, uh, not, a, not a great game here, but uh, we only get three in the afternoon. So uh, interest level here and same questions. Uh, the indie side of things, is it Mac? Is it one of those pass catchers? Maybe it's all of the above here against Miami. Yo, I mean, there's been weeks this year where we, we expected a lot out of Marlon Mack, and he's disappointed. 
So this could definitely be one of those weeks, but my God, are you kidding me? This is my, I got a locky man. I've been on this guy all year long. I'm locking him in. Marlon Mack all the way. You can have all the uh, Zach Pascals you want. I And believe me, I was on Pascal last week and he got me a pretty decent game. So I'm not, I'm not degrading his good name. I'm just saying Marlon Mack is my lock and load this week. It'd be hard pressed to find too many lineups where I don't have Marlon Mack on there. You know, on the other side, I'm kind of with Derek. It's, you know, Indy's not a not a bad defense, especially against the guys who want to try to get deep. They, they kind of shut that down. So he said, Albert Wilson, I'm going a different route here. I'm going Mike Jacecki. I think Mike Jacecki, you know, he's got it. He got really involved last week, six, six catches for 95 yards. I look at um, Indianapolis, and I don't think there's a lot of – I don't think there's – the numbers are, you know, they are what they are, man. They're kind of – they can be very misleading. Maybe their numbers are halfway decent against tight ends, but Vance McDonald, Noah Fant, Darren Fells, I, you know, there's some bad ones in there that they've played. So, I'll, I'll take Jacecki, man. If he's going to get a little bit more workload, I'll take a little Jacecki action. Yeah, I mean, they, they've stayed competitive. They're going to be throwing the whole game. We know that. So, I, I don't hate that call. You're throwing a dart. Uh, at, at anybody on Miami makes sense, especially if you're going uh, with Marlon Mack or you're going Indy heavy. A Mack-Indy-D uh, pairing makes sense. So uh, a lot of different plays out of this game. Indy minus 10.5. It actually opened at 15.5 from what I'm seeing. So bet down to 10.5 here, Chop. Total at 44. Yeah, I'm going Indianapolis here for total total ground domination. Miami has lost probably their best playmaker. Uh, actually, they're two best playmakers if you count the Kenyon Drake trade. So, you know, I got a feeling the front office is buzzing down to the sidelines going, hey, buddy, we're tr- you know we're trying to get Tua here. Let's pump the brakes on all this scoring and pump the brakes on all this winning. Let's, we're going to start losing some games again. So I think Indianapolis is going to roll them. I'll take Indy. And then Fitzpatrick says, F that. I ain't losing my job to no Tua. <laughs> we're going to score some points here. A little, little Fitz magic. So – I'm going to go Indy here, though, as well. If it was 15 and a half, I'd probably take Miami. But at the 10 and a half, uh, it feels like they're, they're trying to get you to take Miami. I'm going to go with the Colts here uh, to roll as well. Derek, what do you think? Yeah, I'll take the under. I don't think the Dolphins are going to put up a ton of points here. Uh, but to Chop's point on Jasicki, um, even though the Colts have been decent against tight ends, if you adjust for schedule, they're actually 30th um, in fantasy points allowed. So oh, I think that's wow. a sneaky call for sure. There you go. The numbers numbers backed me up finally for once. I appreciate that. Numbers. (laughs) Once in a while, uh, it backs us up uh, with the narrative. So, good call there on Jacecki. All right, next game, Carolina coming off a big win against Tennessee, going to Green Bay. Uh, Obviously, Green Bay uh, looked terrible there in that game against the Chargers. So, back home here is five-and-a-half-point favorites. Nice total at 46-and-a-half. Chop, I guess the biggest question is McCaffrey's up to 10-5. I say you keep playing him at that price. So what price does he have to be when we don't play him? Maybe this is the price for you, but against this Green Bay team, it was not showing the ability to stop anybody on the ground. Melvin Gordon uh, even looked alive last week. I say 10-5, you continue to fire him up. Agree or disagree? Oh, 100% agree. I don't – as long as there's players out there that are under 5K that we can – that are adequate, that we can squeeze into our lineups and we like feel halfway – 
Yeah, like Jacecki right, or, or I mean, or, or Derek said before, Albert Wilson's thirty three hundred dollars or some some crazy salary like that. Like, there's guys out there you can squeeze in to make sure that you get McCaffrey in your lineup. And there's no, like, I don't. Let me pull up his game log real quick. Like, there's, I didn't think he had a prayer of doing anything against San Francisco. And what did he do? He dropped like a thirty spot on him. You know, Tennessee's not a not an easy matchup by any means. He dropped a 40 spot on him. He's matchup proof. He does it all. He can do it with the big play. So you can pin him down for like three quarters and it just takes one 60-yard run and all of a sudden you're feeling a lot better about that salary anyway. So, And then we get this matchup here where I got to think Green Bay is going to put up points. So he's going to get work in the passing game, a lot of it. Man, yeah, you keep, you keep plugging this guy. The only time you stop is when you realize his salary doesn't allow you to get, you know, other decent players in there. Meaning, as long as we do have these guys who cheap that we feel decent about, keep on plugging him in. Now, if I, if I have to plug him in and I look at the rest of my lineup and I, I just feel awful about it, maybe then, I, maybe then I can rethink that. But right now, I could still plug him in and still feel good about the guys I'm taking. So, And a lot of that is because this year, seems like the high-priced wide receivers just aren't coming through for us. So we don't have to worry about spending up on Julio, and Hopkins and and Odell's, they're just not doing it for us consistently. So keep plugging him, man. Keep plugging away. That's a you know he's big time. Uh, DJ Moore got loose last week. You could go that route. I like that. Uh, and then on the flip side, Green Bay, like I said, they're going to put up points. They're going to come back pretty hardcore this week, I think, and and put it on Carolina. So I think these guys are all in play. Devontae, another week healthier. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams combination. I would lean towards Aaron Jones this week. And Rodgers, is, I think he's going to have a big game. So, I like Green Bay on offense for sure. Yeah, some DVOA numbers. So, McCaffrey, Tennessee is third against the run in DVOA. He just he just absolutely destroyed them. Green Bay, 26th. So, I, I don't know how you don't play him. Uh, and we do have the value plays uh, to make it happen. Uh, as we get closer to Sunday, there'll be even more value to help you out. Carolina, 32nd in DVOA against the run. So, uh, Aaron Jones was a huge disappointment last week. I think he can go right back to the well there. I prefer him as well over Jamal Williams, but I think it's a great spot, like you said, for Green Bay to bounce back. Nobody's going to want to go there. Uh, recency bias still does affect some people. Uh, maybe not as strong as it used to be. People are getting smarter, but I like the spot here for Green Bay uh, through the air and on the ground. So, Derek, a lot here. I think both running games in play here. Uh, what else are you really liking in this game? Yeah, definitely like Jones for the Packers. Uh, you mentioned that the Panthers are dead last in run DVOA, and they're also third in you know DVOA against the pass. So it might be a little bit tougher for Rodgers to get going. You know, he's matchup proof; he can go you know throw 300 yards against anybody. But I think the matchup sets up well for Jones. He's basically getting 60 percent of the work, which uh, for the Packers that's pretty good. He's a home favorite, involved in the passing game. Uh, ownership probably won't be too bad. So I do like Jones quite a bit. And then yeah, McCaffrey. It's hard not to play him. I know he's expensive. Uh, but there are some good values. We've already talked about a few. Uh, I think Balazs is going to be pretty popular as well if, uh, you know, with Walton suspended. So uh, you can play McCaffrey. You can make an argument that Saquon's a slightly better point-per-dollar option. But I like both of them this week. Um, he just gets it done every single week. So as long as uh, there are enough values, like Chop mentioned, to fit into your lineup, then there's no reason to fade him. Uh, Moore and Samuel are fine, but um, not really core plays for me at this point. I think uh, I'm just going to be focusing on both the running backs in this one. All right, Green Bay minus five and a half, 46 and a half on the total here. Uh, I'm going to go with the over here. I think both teams score some points here. 
the worry is there's going to be a lot of running in this game. Uh, could be running the clock there, but I think both teams uh, should end up in the 20s. So give me the over. Uh, Derek, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go against – I'll go the under just because, like you said, I do think there's going to be a lot of running in this one. All right, Chop, what do you got? Oh, I want Green Bay here minus the points for sure. I think that – Carolina's looked good, you know, with Kyle Allen as their quarterback. But I think there's this thing where, like, you get from Cam Newton to Kyle Allen and you feel like, all right, this is good. Let, let, let Cam heal up. Let's get Kyle Allen in there as, as a team. And you feel good about it and you're winning games and you, you're all jovial and everything's happy. And then, and then you realize now with the news that Cam's going on IR, I think, I think reality's going to set in like, oh, shit, this is, this is our quarterback long term here now. This is not good. So I think they're going to go out and get spanked by Green Bay here, man, this week. So I'm going, I'm going Green Bay in the points. Yep. Cam going on IR. Uh, Sean Jackson, the other big news, uh, not on the main slate, but uh, he's going to be out probably for the rest of the season as well. So Kyle Allen show. Uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, let's wrap it up. Last game here on the main slate. We got the Rams uh, coming off a bye. Should be healthy, ready to go. Uh, at Pittsburgh, the Rams, the favorite here on the road at minus three and a half and a middling total of 43-and-a-half. So, Derek, uh, the Rams, we'll see about uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, I don't expect him to play, so that could open up some value, maybe a Gerald Everett, uh, maybe a Josh Reynolds. What do we do with the running back situation there? Uh, and then Pittsburgh, I guess we wait and see. You know, Connor Samuels, uh, so your interest level there as well. Yeah, this might be my least favorite game of the week from a DFS perspective. Obviously, you got to wait on James Conner. Uh, even if he plays, I mean, 7,300 is uh, kind of a lot for a team that's good against the run. And if he's out, you know, Samuels is 6,300. So, yeah, I don't really know what I want to do there. I know Samuels did have those 13 catches last week, which was nice. Um, but don't really trust our passing game. Rudolph hasn't looked that great. Um, Juju's cheap, but don't really know. Huh, I guess I could take some shots on Juju. It does make sense. Um, you know, they got some – uh, he might deal with uh, Jalen Ramsey a little bit, but I'll take a chance in tournaments. And then for the Rams, uh, the week before their bye, uh, Gurley and Henderson basically split 50-50 in terms of snaps. And Malcolm Brown might be healthy too. So that's a situation I want to avoid. And you mentioned Brandon Cooks. Doesn't sound like he's going to be able to play. Maybe take a shot on Cooper Cup. Uh, I know the Steelers like to blitz quite a bit. They blitz as much as anybody. So uh, he's going to be looking to get the ball out quickly. And uh, maybe it's Cooper Cup uh, benefiting from that. All right, Chop, wrap us up here, Rams and Steelers. Yeah, echo what Derek said on Pittsburgh. It's just not that interesting of a spot here. I mean, uh, Jalen Samuels on DraftKings, if James Conner is out, I'd probably still pay that price because of Rudolph. Is just all he wants to do is check down anyway. So, yeah, but, but if James Conner is active, it takes everybody off the board. And the Rams – Whew, this one's kind of interesting because Gurley now get got that extra week off here because of a bye week. So we, you know how we feel about these running backs coming off of like when they're slightly banged up or they're older. You always get them that first game back off the bye week. Get them and play them because that's when they're at their fresh. They'll never be as fresh for the rest of the year as they are on this game. But with that being said, he has been splitting carries and he's not even that good anymore. So I think the more interesting development is no Brandon Cooks. I don't know if we ever see Brandon Cooks play football again. He probably shouldn't with all the head stuff we've taken him, uh, seen him take. So, But it narrows down a guy with several targets a game and gives you know leaves us a little bit more shallow there. Uh, 
Cooper Cup, man, he's a slot guy. Pittsburgh has been known to try to cover slot guys with linebackers. That's what I've read on the Twitter all the time is <laughs> they're not very good against slot guys. So if it's ever been set up for Cooper Cup to do well, this is one of those weeks set up for him. But if you wanted some value, why not Josh Reynolds? He's a, he's a really nice playmaker that should step up. And somebody's got to take the place of Cooks in three three wide receiver sets. It's probably going to be Reynolds. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't mind that as a value play. I, I still like Everett. I mean, the Steelers, uh, fifth most fantasy points allowed. I know the defense has been a lot better uh, with Fitzpatrick and some of those numbers are skewed because of that uh, early on in the season. But uh, I think Everett's role could grow here. So uh, one of my favorite tight end plays on the week. So one more piece of news here while we have Derek here. How are you feeling about uh, the mustache mania, the, the Minshew era coming to an end here? Nick Foles announced as the starting quarterback, Derek. So happy, upset, the right move, the wrong move. What do you think there, Mr. Jacksonville? Yeah, I mean, loved, uh, loved the mustache, loved Minshew, but uh, big Nick Nick, I mean, this is what we brought him in for. So got to get go. him back in there. Got to hang it out on the table here. So <laughs> final thoughts, boys. Uh, week 10, we are cruising right along here. Uh, hopefully our picks continue uh, to do well. So, again, uh, thank you to Eric Lynn uh, for that spreadsheet. Really appreciate that. Uh, but final thoughts here, Derek. What do you think for week 10? Yeah, hard to believe it's week 10 already. Uh, thanks for everyone listening. Thanks for, uh, you know, that guy keeping track of our picks. And we didn't uh, make a pick for the last game. Do we want to? Oh, yeah. Good call. Rams minus three and a half, 43 and a half. Give me the home underdog with the points. Chop. Give me the road favorite. Give me the Rams. Oh, man. You guys are trying to, trying to one-up each other. <laughs> One of us. We can win out at the end. Uh, I'm going to go old man under here. Golf on the road has never been great. Pittsburgh's offense uh, kind of leaves a lot to be desired. So I'll go under uh, in this one. So here we go. Uh, hopefully we have another good week on the, week on the picks. We'll keep that updated uh, as we go throughout the season here. See if we can catch up the chop and it's 65% winning percentage. Uh, glad you made some more picks this week, chop. So me and Derek's you know, volume way ahead of yours. I, I should just go ahead and bail out now and just keep my 60 – just defer and not make another pick all year long. Just keep my you 60. You make millions on the old Twitter. Just say I'm winning oh, 65% of my games and uh, people will be throwing be? money at you. Oh, hell yeah. There you <laughs> That's go. how you do it. That's it, man. So, final thoughts here, Derek. What do you got? Yeah, huh? I already said thanks. So, yeah, okay. turn over well, to Chop. Did, you did give your final <laughs> thoughts. That's right. Chop, your turn. Oh, final thoughts. I, I don't, you know, we're in just kind of this grind now of uh, mid, mid-season NFL, slightly past the mid-season point. We got NBA going on. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So, uh, you know, just use your time wisely. And I've always said this, you work more efficient as far as the DFS stuff and, and not go overboard. I Like, I've got people, I always catch people asking me about building spreadsheets and projections and all this other stuff guys it's all out there for us you know just work more efficiently it's all it's, all that stuff's already out there let somebody else do all that work for you and, and use your time and use your use, use your time more wisely man and, and and build your teams and you know there's this big uproar on uh on twitter this week was about an optimizer you know and i know if you follow twitter and you follow dfs twitter you know what's going on there like a big optimizer uproar Guys, don't even worry. If, if you're just building like a handful of teams, you don't even worry about optimizers. Don't even – I had more success in DFS just building a few lineups by hand. 
than I ever did using an optimizer. And it has, I scored big one time. Don't get me wrong, but you know, do what makes you feel good, man. You build those, build those teams by hand, put in your entries into your uh, three max or five entry max and, just do what's good for your bankroll, man. Don't buy in all this other stuff. Agreed. And that's what I was going to say. Bankroll management important this time of the year. Uh, college football, football, NBA, NHL, golf still going on, I believe. Uh, college basketball starting up. So uh, it's easy to, to try to enter everything and uh, be playing every day. But if things aren't going well, don't be afraid to take a day or two off. Uh, reset everything and agree with what you said. You know, find some good projections out there. Uh, everybody doesn't have to be making projections and spreadsheets and and things like that. So a lot of great information out there. And of course, we got you covered here at Roto-Grinders. Uh, if you're not a premium member, uh, get over there and get signed up. Uh, line up HQ, uh, the grind down by Derek, uh, Chop and Big T doing those, those showdown videos. Uh, uh, just the tip of the iceberg to some of the content uh, to help you with those lineup builds. So for Notorious, for Head Chopper, I am Bear saying salut, guys. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate the feedback, the reviews. Uh, and the guy out there, Eric Lynn, for keeping track of our picks. Really appreciate that. So thank you again. Uh, and we will see you next week. Good luck this week.